thank you for joining us on The Skeptic Sidekick, where we delve into ancient societies, the ghosts, the paranormal, UFOs, all looking at it from the perspective of the true believer and from the skeptic perspective. Joining me, my partner, my co-host, my sibling, Kimber Rodriguez. Myself, I am Richard Gregg. And again, let's look into being the skeptic psychic. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Skeptic Psychic. Yeah, how are you doing today? I'm good. I know you usually open the show, but I jumped the gun today. <laughs> yes, you did. Because I, you always uh, want me to understand that you are the great, the powerful, the wonderful, and smart and funny uh, sister of mine. <laughs> okay, yeah. Bring it every week, as you always do. Yes. Um, but this week, we are very fortunate to have the cast of the podcast, Ghostly Podcast, <laughs> which seems a little redundant, but uh, I'd like to go ahead and welcome Rebecca and Pat with us this week. Um, Ghostly Podcast is an awesome podcast I found back in April of last year. They have a very interesting way of doing things. Um, they show a haunting from two different sides, the skeptic side and the believer side, and then they leave it up to their listeners to decide which one is right. So um, I want to go ahead and welcome them to the show and let each one tell us a little bit about themselves and a little more about their podcast. Um, Rebecca, would you like oh, to go first? <laughs> sure. Hi, I'm Rebecca from Ghostly Podcast. And uh, I'm the believer side of Ghostly, so um, I usually win the debates. Uh, <laughs> no, not always, not always. No. Uh, no, we've uh, been having a lot of fun doing our show. We talk about a lot of spooky topics, and I bring the ghost stories, and, uh, and, and we, we get to debate those pieces of evidence. Uh, and then our listeners get to go vote on what, is, what they think, if they think it's uh, haunted or not. Yes. And Pat, you can tell me what you, what you bring. Yeah. So I want to thank <laughs> you guys so much for having us because I, I always love coming on other shows. And I got to say, I love the name of your show. So I had to do it. I mean, <laughs> oh, given you. there. Um, so, yeah, I am the skeptic side. So when we get a bad review that comes in, it's usually about me. Uh, <laughs> because it's called ghostly podcast right so you just people, don't believe anything yeah i just don't believe anything and um but we like to look at it like a court case you know we put a ghost story through a court case and we do closing arguments and all that we do a deep dive into the history rebecca tells us some spooky ghost stories that usually aren't true but i mean <laughs> Still, we, you know, get the story out and then we let the listener decide if it's real or not. Yep. Yes. I love your stories, Rebecca. <laughs> Thanks. Yes. I do write up a kind of a fictionalized version of some of the, the ghost stories just to kind of put us in the in the mood. Right. Get Finally, you admit it. Right. Nah, 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 nah. And I'm just saying I do a narrative it's version. Based part. on facts is what based she's trying to say. Based on facts. Yes. Now, if she if she uh, highlights the the gore and the uh, <laughs> right. the darker side, that's a completely different thing. But she's got the facts in there, you know, maybe right. underneath yes. the, the web. Yeah, it's completely <laughs> true, except for the parts that we made up. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Just like anything these days, so you know, right. we have to take it at, at a face value. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite one definitely had to be Bachelor's Grove, where it was told oh, from yeah. the ghost side. It was yeah. very, very well written. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I like doing those. Uh, yeah, Bachelor's Grove is one of our favorite places to go. Uh, we're, we're based out of Chicago. Um, and if you're in the Chicago area, Bachelor's Grove is one of those those places that, you know, everyone kind of knows. Resurrection Mary, mm -hmm. Bachelor's Grove. Those are the two. Well, it's one of the most haunted places in the world, they say. Even so. Pat admits to having a somewhat paranormal experience at Bachelor's Grove. That's how haunted it is. Wow. So. It was a microclimate. That the, uh, the Wayne House in, uh, in San Diego in, uh, uh, is also the, one of the most haunted places in the sure. world. So. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. 
Well, it all depends on where you're at because everywhere has a place that they say is the most haunted. Yes. Yeah. Well, in fact, that's our recent, our series that we're in the middle of right now, we're uh, almost going to finish up here is most haunted. So mm-hmm. uh, we've been doing the most haunted uh, in, in some different uh, states and uh, that um, not necessarily number one, but kind of in the top five. So we just did mm-hmm. the Screaming Bridge in Texas, which uh, I know you guys are originally from Kim you're still there so uh it's uh that was really interesting a very tragic story kind of crazy to to Mm -hmm. learn about yeah right it was bobcats Uh (laughs) bobcat scream yes so tonight we wanted to bring uh pat and rebecca on to discuss a very heated topic in the paranormal field the amityville horror um i know this is very um, both the skeptic side and the believer side, both are very passionate on their reasoning and cannot be dissuaded. So we wanted to just kind of discuss about the case and Ronald DeFeo and the house and the Lutz and just kind of go every- through everything and just kind of give our opinions on what we feel really happened. Um, so... Richard, do you want to start us off? You haven't said much tonight. I'm just uh, uh, thinking about the fact, you know, that one of the big reasons why it is kind of a controversial thing is that we have uh, too many onlookers uh, and looky-loos that uh, basically want to know exactly where this house was. Uh, I mean, originally it was a 112 Ocean Avenue in beautiful Amityville, New York, which... If uh, you're a big Steven Spielberg fan, uh, Amityville uh, uh, is also the fiction uh, is fictionalized Amity, New York, uh, in the movie Jaws. Mm-hmm. So, oh, interesting. Now they actually has reassigned the the address to 108 and reframed uh, the windows to where it no longer has that. Uh, Weird-looking eyes that uh, peer out into the darkness. So. Oh, I, I had a friend that grew up in a house that looked just like it, and we're both huge horror movie fans. She loved it. Um, right, so it's great. And also <laughs> to note that uh, several houses around uh, uh, the nice uh, 108 Oceans Avenue have uh, paid Google a lot of money to not show their houses. That way, you can't really see the Amityville house on Google mm-hmm. map, nor any other houses around it. Uh, so just yeah. to keep it on, on the, uh, on the down low because of its tragic and, uh, extreme, uh, history behind it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a shame to have to go through those measures just to keep people from showing up. I mean, mm-hmm. I know for a long time they would complain about the neighborhood being, just bombarded by all these people curious about the Amityville house and to have to go to those extremes to reconstruct the house, change the address, pay to have your address removed from Google. I mean, it's really sad that people had to go to those extremes to get those out. I mean, to be fair, there's been millions of dollars generated by that house in particular. So, I mean, I think they can afford to pay Google. This is true. Even the current owners have sued, and um, yeah, there's been a lot of money exchanging hands. This is true. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of a it is a sad thing, uh, and not only has Hollywood uh, made money off of of the house, not once, not twice, but five times. Wow! Yeah. If that, yeah. I mean. Uh, there was uh, the three uh, the three uh, Annuville movies. Mm-hmm. I thought there was uh, four. There, uh, mm. te- there's there's technically five. Yeah, because I thought there was the, four, uh, and then they did like a remake, and then they did another one after the the. That goes to six. Yeah, so I was gonna say because I think wasn't there another one after the one with Ryan Reynolds. I think, yeah, uh, oh. but yeah, they've uh, there's written of novels. There's written, uh, there's both fiction and nonfiction about the uh, the house itself, and 
Yes. I, I know I've seen many movies. I just right. know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And I'll go see it. I'm, I'm definitely a sucker. I will give Hollywood mm -hmm. all of the money. Um, right. Mm -hmm. They can be, and th some of them have been quite silly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, what started this whole Amityville craze was actually, it was started by Ronald DeFeo Jr. And he, in 1974, killed his entire family at the oh, home. A little bit of background on Ronald DeFeo Jr. He was born in September of 1951. He was the oldest of five children. And his, his dad owned a car dealership. His dad was very forceful, very abusive towards the family, mostly taking it out on Ronald. So Ronald grew up being very defiant and very angry. On the other side of this is his family spoiled him rotten. Whereas whatever trouble Rob he got into, Butch as they called him, his dad would just kind of throw money at it and, you know, let it go. And so this just bombarded with his problems. They tried sending him to a shrink. He said he was okay. So they stopped sending him to the shrink. Um, <laughs> um, once he got a little older, his dad was like, okay, you know, you need to get serious. You know, you're an adult. Come work with me at the car dealership. This time, Ronald got into drugs, very um, horrible addiction to LSD. And I think heroin was the other one. And he was a drinker, too. So not yes. saying anything mm. uh, dealing with uh, an occasional drink. But when you're an alcoholic at 23 years old and the drug addict, you're being kicked out of, a, out of high school. And, you know, your dad says, son, you know, <laughs> you got to do something or, or else, you know. Yes. Mm. So he, as his dad, tried to force him to be an adult and work. He got angrier. He tried stealing money from the company, got caught. And so at that time, he had about had it with his parents. And again, he just decided to heck with this. I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to kill my family, which is pretty messed up. Um, I personally think he was really high on drugs. and yeah. That's what brought him to that to that thought. But that it wasn't is, just a murder. It was brutal. It was brutal. It was, yes. brutal. He, he actually sedated them ahead of time, too. So mm -hmm. that because I, I always wondered, you know, how could you kill six people and they're all still in bed? And mm -hmm. what he did was he sedated them. So right. they Hello. didn't hear the gunshots. Wow. That's yeah. the first of, I've heard of that. Uh, one yeah. of the stories I actually sedated. heard that uh, him and his younger sister, the uh, one, I think she was like 17, 18 years old. Uh, planned this murder and they did it together and then uh, mm. at uh, after it was done there was a struggle and he shot her mm. I have heard that I have heard that I, I don't so know that that's true the reason true. why that story came about is because she had gunpowder on her dress or her nightgown mm. that she was wearing um, but the thing you have to remember about Ronald DeFeo is that he um, first of all denied everything and mm -hmm. then as they started to press him, his stories kept changing. And mm -hmm. as the stories were changing, they were all red flags. They, they figured it out and he admitted to it. Mm -hmm. But then he started to blame everything else mm -hmm. for why he did it. And, um, but the gunpowder on her nightgown was just because he shot her very close up. Right. And... Hmm. I know when he was denying one of the stories he came up with was being possessed, mm -hmm. which led into the whole um, possession of Amityville hypothesis. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I just today heard a podcast, another podcast, where they interviewed some guy who was supposed to be in prison with DeFeo. Mm -hmm. And supposedly this guy says before he passed away, he confided in this guy that it was actually his cousin was in on it with him supposedly his cousin went in committed the murders and he waited out in the car their thing was we're going to split the money and live you know mm -hmm. well off and 
Not sure what happened, but somehow he got arrested, cousin got away. But then the, the guy changed his story towards the end that he thought that the two of them were in there together and committed the crimes together. Whereas the cousin killed the parents and he killed the sisters and brothers. And it, so that was, well, there was a difference. The, the parents were shot twice while the rest of them were just shot once. So there is a difference in that. But um, I really think that I don't even know if he realized what, what was going on. And afterwards, I think he was trying to make sense of it um, because mm -hmm. I mean, he was, I mean, he had some psychiatric problems beyond mm -hmm. the drug use, and that right. was probably himself medicating himself mm -hmm. because of his psychiatric problems. Right, so seeing visions I, or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've heard countless stories as to why and how, but it all boils down to he was the main suspect, and there was no other real suspects involved in that case. Right, and it is interesting because this guy did mention that DeFeo said – once he committed the crimes and he realized what he did, that he did kind of flip out. Mm -hmm. um, but he, like you said, they, he did have a lot of issues prior to the murders. Yeah. Um, so I think that plus the drug use kind of led up to that horrific night. Um, but then playing into the whole being possessed, quote unquote, the Lutz shortly moved into the home afterwards. And um, Richard, do you want to tell us a little bit about the Lutz story? Oh, that's an interesting story. Now, mm -hmm. uh, there was these, uh, this wonderful couple, Kathy and George Lutz, who purchased the house in November of that same year for the low price, get this, of $80,000. And eighty thousand uh, dollars, basically at that time, because we're talking about houses that were up in the two hundred fifty to three thousand dollar price range in that area. Now the houses go to maybe a million, million and a half. So, I think, mm -hmm. yeah, the last time the house was sold, it was for like six hundred thousand or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a beautiful house. It's got like it, it's got access to the ocean, I believe, right on there. The, and the lake or something the yeah, lake or the ocean a lake, yeah a lake, a lake. yeah yeah water it's got water yeah, access water. <laughs> it's got yeah. water access mm -hmm. you could right. have a boat you could have yeah. a boat yes and and there's a boat house too on yes the there is a boat house yeah. yeah in fact they not only did they buy the house uh they also were uh they they were made aware of the uh the house's uh history and they still had uh the the failed furniture in the house they threw in an extra an additional four hundred dollars in there, so that way not only were they getting the furniture they were getting the house. I mean, seems uh, like a good deal. Yes, I mean we're talking about Kathleen and uh, George Lutz uh, moving in with uh, Kathleen's uh, three kids from a previous marriage, and beds that uh, were just. Uh, Murder holes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's who could sleep in a bed that somebody was just murdered in. Were they aware that this murder had taken place in this home prior to the moving in or? Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. They were, and, uh, yeah. No, thank and you. the, um, yeah. her son, which is Chris, uh, Quarantino, he, uh, uh, George was his, his stepdad. He said that only he moved in. So there is discrepancies in the stories as, as you know, there's countless versions of the story, just like there is with Ronald Defoe. It's been told by so many people that who knows at this point what mm -hmm. what really happened. But he was seven years old when when they moved in. Mm -hmm. And he was the eldest of the of the children. So. Yes. And. I know that, um, Richard, you had mentioned you were in a chat room with George Lutz. What was his account? Or if, yeah, I really want uh, to hear this yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, his, his account of it was, uh, yes, he understood the fact that uh, there was a uh, murder death house, uh, pretty much. And uh, 
he had discussed uh, over with uh, Kathy uh, at the time. They were just newly uh, newlyweds, and they needed a house. Eighty thousand uh, dollars. George was a uh, a highly prized uh, motorcycle mechanic, uh, and Kathy was going to agree to be a stay-at-home mom. And when the event started happening, they did actually uh, have. Uh, not only a a Methodist uh, preacher, but also a Catholic priest uh, come over there and and bless the house. Now, mm-hmm. like I said, he his story has always remained the same. Something happened inside that house. It drove us out. We uh, and the last day. Uh, a big gust of wind blew in and knocked the uh, the back door off of its hinges. Wow. Well, something that's interesting, I've always, you know, wondered, well, why, you know, why would they leave all their belongings behind? But then finding out that the house was fully furnished when they moved in, that it makes sense to just leave all that there. That's true. No, that, you know what? That's like the first time I've, yeah, I haven't put that together. Right. It's like it yes. wasn't my furniture to begin with. I'm freaking out. I'm out. Exactly. Yeah, it cost them $400. Yeah, exactly. No, thank you. Because you know what? That always sounds so spooky when you're like, they left everything. It's like, right. well, you know, they left all the stuff that they bought for 400 bucks. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that's worth it. It's like, okay, we don't need that. Yeah, yeah. it was the majority of their own furniture. So, yeah, if you got a couple things, you know. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's interesting. So yes. a couple things that I found really interesting about that is that um, there's some discrepancies with the book and uh, the movie and the actual real events that occurred. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of them is that when the police did go there, eventually they found that there was no damage to any of the doors or locks. So he, he claimed that it burst open. The door was completely fine. They said after that. So I don't know if the ghost repaired the door or something <laughs> or the demon, you know, maybe who knows? Well, you could blow open a door. It doesn't mean it's broken. Right. No, but the I way mean... it sounds is like that this door <laughs> smashed up against something and yes. never and to it... be seen again. <laughs> and in the movie, it does leave the fact of, you know, everything exploding. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. The yeah. door was you completely know, fine. He's and... like, you know, just basically, yeah, the door uh, flew open and knocked itself off the, off the hinges. You know, it didn't fall onto the ground or fly off. It was just blew yeah. open. Just blew wow. open. Yeah. And then in the basement, too. Where, like, in the movie especially, they make a really big deal about that red room in the basement where they had to smash to get in it. Well, actually, it was a closet. So they could have just opened the door and went into that room at any point. But I don't know. It's like you have to make it more dramatic and more horrific for the movie. And I think the book did that as well, too. Mm -hmm. Jay Jay Anson's book. Yeah, I remember hearing somewhere a long time ago that... um, the red room was actually the kids' playroom, and they painted it red, if I remember oh. correctly. So. I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yes. George so. had a lot of the same characteristics of Ronald Defoe as well. He he did have some psychiatric issues as well. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. uh, dabbling in drug use, maybe not to the extent of Ronald Defoe. Well, um, he and, was also practicing uh, t- uh Trans meditation. He was uh, TMJ yeah. or TMJ, mm-hmm. something like that. So yeah, I forget that. Yeah, I yes, which is yes. kind of okay. I'm not gonna say it's a little little cultish. Just little. I just listened to an episode about it. I was like, oh my, I didn't realize. Not that everybody mm-hmm. that does it is that, or that there aren't ways to. That, you got to be careful when you get into that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. That's definitely one of those things that you, I would rather stay away from personally. All about meditation. Yeah. But once you take it that far. And then you get yeah. the essential oils in there. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. the essential oils aren't too bad. No, those are fine. It's just be careful. Yes. Right. Yeah, the, um, <laughs> the stepson said he was a professional showman in his opinion and said that he just feels as though um, that the whole family was being exploited, that 
that George Lutz brought this stuff in with him by doing all of this added stuff in the house. He's also, I guess, dabbling into some uh, witchcraft, probably Wiccan, given the the particular year that this happened and it was having mm-hmm. a big uptake and um, people thought it was evil. Mm-hmm. And so they, I mean, they lumped that all into that. I mean, to me, right. that doesn't change anything. I mean, that's a religion just like any other religion. So Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. But um, around that time, it was a time when people weren't only practicing Wiccan, but other forms of witchcraft as well. Yeah. Like, and getting into like metaphysics and mm-hmm. all these different things that were so taboo at the time. And oh, that's evil. And my husband just came in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a ghost. <laughs> no, no ghost here. <laughs> okay. I, th- I almost thought it was a woman in white. I was like, wow, I have proof now. Right? Yeah. There you go. It's a merchant in white. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> So another thing that they say, too, is that um, there was reports that it was it was uh, created on a Native American burial ground Mm -hmm. or it was either that or where the Native American left their mentally ill people that could not be with the rest of the group. Yeah. Well, actually, it's it's good that you didn't because none of it's true. (laughs) Uh, They actually asked a. Uh, the Native American tribes of the area, and none of them would own anything with that land. They they said nothing. Mm-hmm. They said we, you know, our people never did anything there. Oh wow, that's that's interesting because so. I know pretty much anywhere in the U.S. could be considered, you know, Native American burial grounds for all the the horrible stuff that yeah. happened in this country with the Native Americans. Sure. And, well, you also yeah. look at the fact that uh, most of the uh, Native Americans uh, that actually have lived and died, they were nomads. So mm-hmm. anywhere could actually be mm-hmm. a Native American burial because they, uh, once they someone died, they would uh, set off, stop for a couple of days, bury the person, or yeah. you know, set up the, uh, yeah. the memorial mm-hmm. for them, and then afterwards move on. Right. Yeah, well, just, and true. Those that weren't nomads, even the fact that, you know, we took their land and, well, I shouldn't say we, cause I am part Native American, but. <laughs> Funny, <laughs> I am too. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. Yes. But, it was me. Uh, I did it. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't mean to. I... Okay. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the people of that time took the Native American land and if, Sometimes if they refused to leave, they killed them. Sometimes they killed them just to kill them. So, yeah. you know, that's there is a lot of places that, yes, you could say there's Indian natives, but it's interesting to say that the, the Indians themselves say, nope, sorry, we were never in that land. Don't blame yeah. it on us. <laughs> yeah, the, they actually say the Native American leaders. So, you know, there's mm-hmm. like tribe leaders still in the area, which surprised right. me a little bit too. I didn't know that they had such a big Native American tribe over there, but I guess they do. And enough to have leaders yeah. of this group. So they all got together and discussed this and said, nope, we had nothing to do with that part. Don't blame it on us this time. You know? <laughs> right. Well, I think there's plenty to blame to go to, you know, the murders that had happened there a few months previously. Agree. You know, maybe whatever things he was, you know, George was doing in the house. Like, I don't think we need to look elsewhere for why there might be paranormal disturbances. Other than I guess they're saying that they both, both men, right, Mm -hmm. got had the this had infected by the demonic whatever right in the house which is yeah so there's a couple things against that though in my opinion Uh, and this is only my opinion about this and my opinion will always be more skeptical than rebecca's at least um so um Weber, who was the attorney for ronald defoe actually is credited for coming up with the Um, whole idea of this being haunted Mm -hmm. and uh, what it was is that they got they got together and with the Lutz family and over over a bottle of wine and they decided to look at some of the things that happened during uh, Defoe's case and make that into something that could be a little bit more possession like the flies 
Uh, it's mm -hmm. all made up based upon the crime scene uh, reports. Uh, and the blood in the movie was actually some kind of green slime that they made look like blood because blood is a lot scarier than green slime. It would be Ghostbusters mm -hmm. pretty much if it was the green slime. <laughs> oh, and, the horror. The horror. Yeah. <laughs> so the reason yeah. why it was not just because, you know, there was going to be a book deal and which there was, they were already talking about that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just because there was going to be millions of dollars made in there. Weber supposedly did all this and he admitted to this is that mm -hmm. because uh, he wanted to get Ronald off. He wanted to, cause Ronald tries right. several times to get um, another, another trial. And this was mm -hmm. one of his ways of trying. It was to say he was possessed at the time. And so did, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just, I was going to ask Richard did, uh, did, did George Lutz talk about the book at all or uh, he is of this? basically, uh, he he hated Jay Anson with a passion. Yeah, because it was like uh, Jay took the forty-five hours of tapes and just went off the far end of the uh, the spectrum and mm. beefed it up, and nothing uh, was uh, quite true about uh, about the book, according to George. He's like, yeah, you know, there's strange things that happened inside the house. You know, we had bed shaking. We had, you know, the kids uh, reported them uh, that they uh, they were float, uh, floating off their beds. And, you know, kids. <laughs> they all float sometime. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, no, yeah, well, I, uh, I kind of blame yeah. the fact of uh, Jay Anson the Warrens, mm -hmm. as well as uh, everybody's uh, favorite uh, uh, favorite paranormal investigator, as well as Hans Holzer, for uh, bringing too much uh, uh, information onto the uh, the field. Well, you mm -hmm. mentioned the Warrens there, and that is always um, trigger word something. For yeah, Pat, trigger so. word. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't. You know, I've I've looked at some of their cases doing ghostly, and uh, the last one we did was actually with our friend Bob from Bob After Dark, where we talked about the werewolf case. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that one. Oh yeah, um, oh, yeah. And um, so, Mike, <laughs> to me, the credibility of Ed and Lorraine Warren is um, I probably trust them as much as Zach Baggins. At this point, so whoa, you're Ooh. just yeah. low blow the for the Warrens. Yeah. Wow, I was gonna wow. say low blow for Zach. I mean, poor Zach. Little off topic. Uh, <laughs> first time we saw Ghost Adventures was a Halloween special they did when they first started on Goldfield End, and we were both there laughing. Our butts Our off to off. say nicely yeah. Yeah. and we were like is this just some kind of joke is this like some kind of comedy thing that they're doing for a halloween special and nope to find out no. that they're yeah he, he was on the halloween baking show he was yes. yeah, yeah he hosted that so yeah, that was yeah. Fun. yeah. yeah. good old yeah. zach oh yeah like the gold field incident was basically you see him uh breaking out of the window and uh jumping out uh jumping up on the top story <laughs> and i'm like please kim tell me this is not uh this is not a real show <laughs> yes please don't tell me they're real paranormal investigators yes <laughs> <laughs> and then next um, season they went up to the travel channel with uh ghost adventurers were like no yeah <laughs> yes. oh that's zach he's, <laughs> he's something else yes. but that's where i put him i put him in the same categories ed and lorraine so wow that's pretty yeah. extreme i don't i yes. don't necessarily i'm not that quite extreme with them ed <laughs> was definitely shady but um but i think lorraine definitely had some gifts yes i think she was a very from what I've heard with her in interviews, she seemed like such a, a kind woman, mm -hmm. very, very quiet, very, um, like I said, Ed did seem kind of shady to me, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I really liked her as, as a person. Now, yeah. as far as their investigations, I did kind of find it weird that everything was demonic. Mm -hmm. No yes. matter what it is, it's like, oh, I mm -hmm. heard a crack, I heard a, 
above. Oh my gosh, it's a demon. Well, mm-hmm. Ed's a demonologist, so I mean, or he right. was a demonologist. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's why. I mean, I'm sure he did <laughs> years and years and years of study at some university to become a demonologist. But yes, right. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, supplementing his income with painting houses. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how they got go. in the door. That, yes. that is, yeah. Really weird. Well, yes. just to go back to just something that you said about George saying that they definitely amped up, you know, everything. Um, you know, one of the things is I did. Um, I don't know if I remember if I read it or saw an interview with Father Ralph uh, Pecorano, who was, you know, one of the ones that was called in by the by the Lutzes, and that, you know, he said he felt a strange coldness in the sewing room. Of course, in the movie, there's like flies every, and it's like this most insanely paranormal thing, as opposed to just like, yeah, it was like really weirdly cold in that room. Like, and then the, you know the you know one of the the children felt that like felt cold spots you know as mm-hmm. well which you know again super creepy could definitely show some paranormal but is nothing like what is the story that's shared you know so right. it makes it difficult to really talk about because you're you're you know talking about something that would be like that would be crazy if that happened like that's you know a much more extreme version um of a of a <laughs> paranormal right. um, event, <laughs> right? I personally, I do believe that something was there. I mean, the energy that's created by such a horrific uh, act, and then these people died so abruptly that I'm sure yeah. there was some confusion. And so, I do believe that there was something there. Personally, I believe the spirits have found their way and moved on. And that's why there's no longer any Mm. instances there. But as far as being all the demons and the ghost pit or the demonic pig. Yeah. I'm just not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I do feel like there, you know, again, there's, um, you know, there were definitely, like you said, like the maybe feeling like they were, you know, you're getting tugged on in bed or, you know, maybe you see a shadowy kind of thing in the corner or you feel a cold spot or, you know, again, just kind of those more traditional haunted things. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then somehow that story just kind of for money or for whatever reason, just, you know, got escalated mm-hmm. and um, makes it a very difficult one to, to say is true because mm-hmm. it, the fact versus fiction is very muddled. Um, so as, as much of a believer as I am, this one has, has been a difficult one for me. Like, I, I think I'm with you that I wouldn't be surprised if there was something going on at that time, um, Mm -hmm. with everything that happened there, but it's, I, I can't tell you for sure what did or didn't because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of misinformation. Yes. Um, Speaking of the Warrens, there is the so-called Demon Boy photo that was taken by photographer Gene Campbell in 76. Um, And it wasn't released released until the Lutz were on the Merv Griffin show in 79. Um, Now, I already know how you feel about the Warrens. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I definitely don't think it was a Demon Boy, but I, I think it could have been the ghost of the youngest that was killed peeping over kind of curious who are these people why are they in my home but mm-hmm. let's hear your opinion i know how you <laughs> love ghost photos <laughs> you know some of these photos um could easily be uh, other things i i think i remember the one that you're talking about and i think i remember it being very mm-hmm. shadowed and it kind of looks just like a shadow or a staged picture almost and um Ed and Lorraine would have several cameras set up uh, like in the whole entire house, constantly taking pictures. Mm-hmm. So these cameras were set to go off constantly and then they would go back and look through all the photos and, you know, say, wait, what's this in this picture and this and this, I believe somebody might've walked in and they didn't even like, I don't know if, if they realized it, if it was like intentional or I, I, I would love to believe that it wasn't intentional, that it was an accidental thing, but I, I believe uh, it looks too much like a like a real little boy. So I I think it could be 
could be that. Well, I, I kind of look at that as being unintentionally intentional. Like little yeah. boy, uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, you know, you find an abandoned house, what are you going to go do? You're going to oh, walk yeah. in, you're going to explore, you know, and they weren't there when the pictures were being taken. They were just kind of set on, uh, you know. Uh, you know, automatically, you know, tripwire, that sort of thing. And a little kid walks in the door, got my picture taken. Hey, you know. Right? Yeah. Yes. And it's just kind of funny how the, that picture was only released, you know, uh, when they were on a talk show where they can get a lot of publicity for that particular picture and bring back up the case of, of the Amityville horror. Right. Well, yes. I think that was around the time they were trying to promote the movie. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, the movie think came so, out very yeah. quickly. I think seven, seventy nine. Yeah. Seventy nine, yeah. eighty, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It looks yeah. too much like a real boy. I think that's yeah. my yeah. like I've never seen a ghost photo that's I mean, yeah, the eyes are white, but like that can happen with flashes. Like yeah. right. I I don't like see what's paranormal about the photo. Like yes. other than again, they're claiming that no one was there, but you know. Yeah. I actually have the photo here. Let me go ahead and share it so Ooh, our there we viewers go. can check it out. And yeah, you can kind of see the glowing eyes. And yeah. Like mm -hmm. you said, the face just looks too, too corporal. Or what's the word? Corporal. Corporal. Yes. Corporal. Yes. yes. Yeah, it looks perfectly ago. preserved there. Yes. Yeah. 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 That picture shows you just so people, just so people can know, like if you you can mm -hmm. see the little face through the over the railings on the side there and then they they have a little close up there but yeah mm -hmm. it just looks yeah it looks too much like a real person yeah. and, and we're also only... talking about 70s photography too i mean also right. true yeah yes. yeah i'm almost wondering if maybe this is like a doctored photo like maybe somebody took some white out or something and whited out the eyes <laughs> <laughs> it just yeah looks too perfect there well it looks like it it's overexposed at that particular spot and mm -hmm. If there was light shining off of his eyes at that particular moment, it can cause that for sure. But it can be done in the development process too. Mm -hmm. right. See, I just wanted I mean, to I've share. I've got a, uh, a. I used to have a picture of my brother and I at a skating rink, and uh, '70s camera uh, yeah. shot with uh, pretty much shot. Both of us. Ha uh, my brother has green eyes, uh, and I have red eyes. Because uh, of the exposure, yeah. so wow. Yeah. Every picture of I is red yeah. eyes, like that. Same Every here. picture of me in the seventies, red <laughs> eyes for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe I was yeah. a little demon kid. Maybe that. Yeah. I mean, you that would know. explain a lot. Yeah. Seventies uh, yes. demon mm -hmm. kids. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, the eighties too, because you know my eyes were always red in the eighties. So. Oh yeah. Seventies, eighties. What I found really interesting about the house though is even though i don't believe that there's anything there but nobody's lived there for more than like 10 years mm. i mean it's been like the defoe family was only there nine years the lutz family was there 28 days i think later on there might be someone that's been there a little bit longer but i mean they have a long history of people coming and going from that house um several yeah. people yeah it could be different things. I mean, one, the taxes are outrageous in New York, so maybe yeah. it was taxes. Um, later, after all this, it could be people just got tired of all the publicity of being the Amityville mm -hmm. house, so they just choose to leave. So. Yeah. I Unless mean, you're going to buy it with the idea of making money on it as like mm -hmm. a house for people to stay in or something. Well, Jim and, right. Jim and Barbara uh, Kamatri, I believe is their last name. Um, they bought the house right after the Lutzes left. And uh, they did not know of anything going on in there. Yeah. And then they suddenly turned on like the TV and um, saw a show on, or no, they read an art article in good, in good housekeeping in April of 77 and the art article was named Our Dream House Was Haunted. And <laughs> it was their house that they were in. That would be so crazy. Yeah. That is, oh. And so, that's like um, realtor uh, not disclosing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so they, they um, but they said that they never had any problems. And they're the ones that actually were the first people to sue um, the Lutz family. They sued. Um, Anson, the book publisher, and they also, um, 
I believe they they might have sued Ed, Ed and Lorraine as well. Um, wow. They sued him for one point one million dollars in damages because they said that uh, since their house was in that art article, mm-hmm. it had so much publicity that people would nonstop visit their house, mm-hmm. and they had to move because of that. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, I would think being you know, if you're going to write an article about a home that somebody else is living in, shouldn't mm-hmm. you get the, the permission of that person living there to be broadcasting their address and pictures of their homes? Yeah, that seems, a li- yeah, I don't I know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, ghostly, you know, we said their address. You guys said their address. So <laughs> maybe I don't think it's that. Fine. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's totally not a problem. To no, but I do is. want to tell people that if you are going to go there, to be no. very respectful of yeah. the people that live exactly. there you know don't don't in don't infringe upon their privacy mm-hmm. yeah right and really i don't i agree with richard i don't think it's a place that we should go no because the fact that you know whatever happened in the past that's the past that's already gone yeah let the people who live there now be at peace and not have to and enjoy with... that beautiful house yes yeah yeah yes yeah. it is well, any other thoughts on Amityville? Just the, uh, the movie. You know, I love the movies growing up. So, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't take I, away from the movies. I mean, the theaters is still a knockout. Yeah, I mean, the book alone <laughs> sold six point five million copies. Wow! Yeah. So that's a lot of money there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that house has generated yes. so much money right now. Um, and in 2017, it was resold, so uh, we have new owners of the house, and um, but we do not know who they are. It's an un- undisclosed owner for six hundred and five thousand dollars, and the Lutz bought it for eighty thousand dollars. Oh, that is, that's a big difference. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. in forty years, you know. Yes. Well, they Almost. also got it as as a steal because the houses around there were between one hundred fifty to two thousand, uh, two hundred. Which is crazy yeah. to think about in the seventies. Yeah. Like that's yeah. yeah, like you said, that's a million dollar home. I mean that today. You know? Yeah, yeah. So the fact yeah. that it still is tainted, mm-hmm. you know, it still isn't quite a you know gone. To, it's not the same as the houses around it. Right. And again, it's probably now more probably because of the publicity of the home and, Mm -hmm. you know, the lack of security at the time. And it's like, well, Mm -hmm. so. I mean, if anyone would give me six hundred and five hundred thousand dollars, I'd buy the house and live there. I'd have no issues with it. I'd buy myself a boat and stick stick it out there in the boat dock and go fishing every once in a while, you know. Yeah, I I, yeah. <laughs> I would even put pictures of the of you know Ronald Defoe and <laughs> and the Lutz family and stuff up on my walls. Look at it! Oh my goodness. yes, yeah. yes. But I don't know. I knowing the not only the history of the house but the. The publicity it gets, I don't think I could live there. Having people knock on your door and trample through your yard and camp out and waiting no. to see something. It's like, mm-hmm. no. I'd put you. a big old ghostly sign up on the <laughs> on the top of the house. So well, any say, pictures like would have that. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're going to buy that house, I think it's got to be like the Lizzie Borden house or whatever. It's like, right. we're going to make yeah. this like a, you know, an Airbnb. We're going to, mm-hmm. you know make our make our money back for it yeah well exactly. there is one by us that's an airbnb the roth house oh, uh, that's we did true. an episode yeah. on that it's a beautiful yes. house um yeah and the great okay. story behind that house but um yeah i mean it would make a fortune just doing that right mm-hmm. and yeah both lizzie borden's houses uh not only the house where she supposedly murdered her parents which i don't believe i mean that's a whole and, thing and uh, uh her house uh in the upper uh upper west side uh are both uh air uh are bed and breakfast places yeah nice. yeah they are. i would mm-hmm. say there yeah i would the, i would i would do that that's yeah. yeah and the thing i like about those is they're like preserving the history of the house yeah it's a way just, to do that then yeah. again, I would stay at the Clown Motel, any place you name. <laughs> yeah. Just let me, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I got I got a house uh, in San Antonio you probably would love to stay at. Sure. Yeah. 
I'll we like to call it the midget multi, uh the midget mansion oh, oh. yeah uh -huh. that's it's basically a house that uh was set up by uh, a gentleman who happened to be of uh of he had a height uh condition he was a little person he was a little yeah. person yeah and yeah. he built a house for him so everything's like little size but there is some legend and lore that's grown upon the house through over the years and it's gotten a bad reputation that's not even wow. a true story so wow well i grew up um going to like my father would take me with them to this bar that he went to called the midgets club which was run by a little person named parnell and parnell uh was in the wizard of oz so oh, nice. I, yeah, I grew up yeah. with um, being around little people all the time. So I would love that, except mm -hmm. I am an extremely large guy. So <laughs> right. it would probably look silly sometimes. Well, like I said, it, it's a, it was a beautiful house mm -hmm. and I think it was abandoned in the, uh, in the seventies. And, it, uh, you know, the weird things that would quote unquote happen, uh, were never substantiated and it was in uh and so the, uh because it had that reputation people mm -hmm. didn't want to buy it so oh i'll yeah. buy it supposedly it burned down <laughs> but there's the house is still standing um i've actually mm. seen pictures of the inside and it is a beautiful place but everything is i guess you could it's say miniature scale. almost yeah yeah that oh, would be difficult for me but it would oh, be yeah. comical almost you know we could probably <laughs> right. do a youtube channel just on that alone <laughs> Yes. Yeah, hopefully, um, I was just talking to Richard earlier today, and I would love to do a um, Myths and Legends series mm. based on stories of around San Antonio and South Texas, because there are quite a few that we have in this area. Sure. As I know you all do if they're in yeah. Chicago. Mm -hmm. But it's always yeah. the Bobcats. That's what I learned. <laughs> Yes, in fact, there's another one. If you're going on I-10 between San Antonio and Houston, there's one called Woman Hollering Creek. Oh, I saw that one. Oh. Yes, yes, and it's also supposedly you know haunted, and it's bobcats. <laughs> it's very highly populated bobcat area. Yes, and... My mother and I, uh, whenever we do that trip, we'd always go creek. <laughs> yes, yeah, she would always call out since it was woman hollering. She'd call out creek. <laughs> <laughs> nice, I like that. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, I get. Uh, I guess you know, we've got eight minutes. Uh, thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. Or... Final thoughts. Uh, raise of a hand. How many people actually believe that uh, one hundred eight Ocean Avenue is haunted by the DeFeo family? Do not believe. Mm. Raise your hand. Oh, do, not, do believe. not believe. Yeah, I'm there. Okay, I'm there. I, I don't believe it was haunted anymore. If you can see my hand, I do. <laughs> I, I believe it was at one time, but not anymore. Okay. Do I believe it was demonic? No. No. <laughs> right. I'm very much aligned with Kim on this. Yeah, it's like it's definitely a more skeptical story, but like, I well, I know let's probably something. Lutz yeah. got a little aggressive too when he was there, but um, his his stepchild said that he was always aggressive. So right. Um, no. So you know, demons might cause that, but then again, so might <laughs> just being a bad bad parent. Well, so uh, so know, might be the fact that he was just an overbearing person. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, and it could be demons of another sort. I mean, you know how we, they say we yeah. all have our own personal demons. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. That's yeah. the only demons I think were there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh next question. Did Butch kill his family? Or did he was he possessed? Or was it a cousin? Or was it some type of spiritual creature that came in and killed his family while he was out partying? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny about that. I you didn't really say it in the story of it because we didn't go too much into it. Right. But he actually ran into the neighborhood bar after he did it. And yelled out, you got to help me. I think my mother and father are shot. And he got the whole bar of 12 people to go with him to the house to see what he did. Yes. Yeah. He's, he was a disgusting man. But um, yes. so, yes, I think he acted alone. Yes. It was, it was him on the grassy knoll. 
with the uh, the candlestick in the library. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, yep. Mm -hmm. The one-armed man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, no, he definitely this this whole story with a cousin or any or the sister, any of that is just deflecting, deflecting, deflecting. Mm -hmm. And right. you know, when you talked about growing up that he was troubled or you know was was pampered, all of that absolutely obviously grew up you know i mean you don't just one day i mean i don't care i mean people are addicts they take drugs they drink but that is not i mean that may that may encourage your behavior but that behavior mm -hmm. comes from something that's other than you know that that is you you know something that's right. been building up for years right. you know you don't just kill your family randomly like one day because you got high like that's you know not right. happening but now could that encourage Maybe you wouldn't have done it potentially, you know, mm -hmm. but if you, were, uh, on drugs. if you, yeah, if you weren't on drugs, but those desires, those thoughts, all oh, of yeah, that, they were right. there. and more yeah. likely it's, I want to do that. Or, you know, or, I wonder if there could be schizophrenia in there, right? Like seeing things, hearing things, all of that, that, you know, maybe, or just narcissistic something, something. Mm -hmm. something. Well, it was rage. Yeah. It was definitely rage because he there said was that. Money and stuff. He said, once once I started, I just couldn't stop. It went so fast. Like, you wanted to linger in that moment of being a murderer of one to six people then, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand that. But, it was, but it, you know, so that just tells me it, it was rage. He, right. He was in a rage and, yeah. Uh, basically, uh, from what I understood going back to, uh, to it, is dad told him he best... Uh, uh, his father told him, "You best uh, clean up, or we're kick I'm kicking you out of the house." Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. And exactly. so it was like basically, mm -hmm. "Yeah, kick me out of the house. I'll come. Uh, you know, I'll make sure that you never kick me out of the house." And yeah, it's mm -hmm. again, it's the uh, that that rage he had building up in there. You know, his mm -hmm. father, uh, according to him, his father never understood him. He, you mm -hmm. know, he was. Uh, According to his father, he was a lazy, good for nothing. And we're also talking about parenting uh, from the uh, a man who grew up uh, right after the war. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. How his parents raised him, and he's of course raising a kid from the uh, the '70s. We all know what the '70s were like. Yeah, no. definitely. <laughs> I was too young to remember. <laughs> well, I no, no, I don't remember, but I have, I have an idea. Yeah, right. I had a lot of butterfly collars. Right. <laughs> but no, that's I enough think, to get yeah. you to rage something is butterfly collars. There you go. And then but, you get yeah. the technical yawns, and then the yeah. spewing, and the uh... yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, you know what's interesting? Yeah, interesting thoughts because one, you know, right, the the way you were raised, raised may not have helped, but also. The financial motive, there are so many killings that we don't realize are financially oh, yeah. motivated. Yeah. That is such a big part of it. Yeah, Mr. Defoe, uh, actually, that used car, uh, car lot was a success. So he had yes. money hand over fist. Yeah. And, and yeah. I guess he was thinking that if he got away with it, he'd get the inheritance and sure. live off Well, he wanted to know money. about the life insurance, too. Yeah, right. Obviously it was what he kept logical, asking the police but... while he was locked up in protective custody because mm -hmm. he said that it was someone else that did it. So they That's put right. him in jail for protective custody, and he said, uh, so just tell me how to get the life insurance policy. Yeah. Right. That should be so. Q number one. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it was rage and revenge is yep. what I really kind of feel yeah. about that. Definitely. Yeah, agreed. That's a nice way to put that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They did. So, um, and then, I'm sorry. No, ahead, I was yeah. just going to say another interesting thing that um, going back to the podcast that I was listening to today that made sense is they were talking about how all the face, everybody was laying face down when they were mm -hmm. shot. And the theory was, or supposedly DeFeo had revealed to this guy that they had, you know, threatened them all and told them, you know, like, get down, lay down with your face mm. down. And, and, you know, out of fear thinking, oh my gosh, you know, we're going to die. Maybe if we, we comply, then they won't kill us. And they were saying that that's why everybody was found face down. So I found well, that often family, possible. when you kill family or that are close to they're often have their faces covered or you know yeah. face on just it's because a shame that, thing 
the yeah. Yeah. difficult to kill. Definitely. It's yeah. easier to separate yourself when they're not looking right. at them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next question. Uh, do you think Kathy and George did it to make a little bit extra uh, cash? One hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> I know Pat's answer to that one. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, is that maybe... what is that what you think, Richard? Because you heard George's talk about it. I don't know. Uh, I, uh, I uh, even though the stories never changed, I kind of fully believe that it was basically, yeah, you know, I'll see how much money I can get off of it. Yeah. Because he not only uh, even to two thousand six when the. Uh, his uh, own personal webs uh, web page was shut down because he died. It was basically saying the same story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there well, was I mean, no really uh, change in the story. But at the same yeah. time, he was the only one that was bringing it up. Now, Christopher and the uh, the other little boy come out saying, "Yeah, you know, something was going on in that house." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the the daughter. I, uh, in all honesty, I know exactly where she is. I, re- I remain an anonymous on that, that uh, mm-hmm. she's trying to just live her life. And I don't think she's in it for the money or anything like that. Plus the fact that she was too young to remember it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I've never heard any stories right. with her at all. Um, I think one of the boys is actually a paranormal investigator now. I think that's what I had heard. Daniel. Working oh, in the cool. field. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do think, I mean, I definitely, like I mentioned, I definitely think something happened, not to the extreme that they say it was in the book and in the movies and everything, but it could be a possibility that something happened and he thinks, okay, hey, there's this murder that happened here and now these weird things are happening. Let's go ahead and cash in on this. You know, why not? We have the means, we have the motivation let's just see what we can get out of this well i i actually think just the reverse of that i think they went into it with the intentions of flipping this house with some kind of idea of making money off of it because of the history but then maybe something happened to them during that time and i'm not saying i believe it was paranormal but i believe that i believe that them buying the house was totally it was totally an investment for them and they only planned to live there for that amount of time too. That makes sense because why would you buy a house that you knew that all these murders came in? I mean, like you said, they could have been possibly thinking, Hey, let's buy this house. We can fix it up yeah, Mm -hmm. and make some money. So yeah, that makes sense. I hadn't thought of it that way, but I think once the, things started happening that's when they're like you know what let's change our motivation and instead of flipping it let's turning it into this sensational haunting that that drove us out could be yes last topic do you think that the house is haunted today no 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 because I didn't think it was haunted then. (laughs) (laughs) So we do have a, a Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the fact that one, don't go to the Animeville house because no. one, it's irresponsible and not too uh, kind to the new orders. Mm-hmm. Two, whatever's there has moved on. Yes. So you don't need to get mm-hmm. your uh, EMF readers and your PK meters to go out there and mm-hmm. uh, bust And your it. proton packs. And, and your <laughs> proton pack, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And uh, three, we can all agree that whatever happened, happened, and it should be mm-hmm. left in the past. Exactly. Yeah. It so. makes a fun movie, but that's as far as that's, we need to go. Yeah. Exactly. It's already been remade enough times. I feel right. Like. You know, I you, agree. Know, you, you can either go with a James Brolin shirtless or you can go with the Ryan Reynolds shirtless. So yeah. I'll take the Ryan Reynolds shirtless. I will oh, also yeah, take I mean, the Ryan Reynolds shirtless. Ryan Reynolds yes. is a good looking guy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so is James yeah. Brolin. I got a story. James Brolin was pretty good. This is true. I got a story for you about Ryan Reynolds off air sometime. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> is he <laughs> is he haunted? No. Is he a ghost? Wait. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that would explain a lot. He does seem yeah. to be turning up everywhere. Yeah, he does. <laughs> mm-hmm. He does. Yes. All right. Well, again, so thank you. Uh, uh, 
the host <laughs> from uh, Go the Ghostly Podcast, for coming on here and just having this roundtable discussion on uh, uh, on the Amityville horror, uh, and you know, just sitting back and uh, talking with us. Uh, where can we find you? Yeah, you can find us at ghostlypodcast.com. You can also find us on all the social medias as Ghostly Podcast. If you're looking for the podcast itself, uh, any podcast player, you can find it on as Ghostly. You don't even have to put podcast in. We're just Ghostly on those. So, um, yeah, and uh, it was really great coming on. We really had a good time. And uh, anytime you guys want us on, we're, we're there. And we got to get you on Ghostly one of these days. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yes. It'd be super fun to have another skeptic believer-ish, you know, <laughs> conversation. Um, and also, uh, you know, uh, we are excited. We've got um, a podcast festival coming up next week that we're going to be in called Dark Matters with a lot of other spooky podcasty tarot readers all sorts of fun stuff so if you're in the chicago area it's an elgin it's called dark matters winter tales and if you go to uh if you just search that you're gonna find it so it's side street studio arts in elgin so hopefully awesome. if you're around you can come see us there on the 25th okay. for only ten dollars and you get free readings $10. and a paranormal investigation it's you can't beat that wow. deal I think it's ten dollars free readings. Yeah. Yes, free yes. readings, paranormal investigation from the Mayfields too. Yeah. So they're, yes, they're yes. some of the best around here. So mm -hmm. yes, I think it's time to take a trip to Chicago. Maybe. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. We would love to have you guys. Come in the summer though. Yes. Yeah, the winter's horrible here. You don't want to come yeah. here during the winter. Um, <laughs> I, I want to come there in the winter. I want to actually feel that uh, cold uh, yes. wind rippling through my skin. Oh, there's there's snow on the ground right now. I'll tell you that much. So. But it's yeah. not like the fun snow. Like there was no winter sports. I mean, no. there's I, there's you know like ice hockey, I guess. But I mean, like there's no. Well, your aunt skiing. was into snowmobiling. That is true, and she hidden mm -hmm. she snowmobiled around the graveyards. I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, being from <laughs> South Texas, I'll take the snow any day. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Well, thank you again. Um, and to our listeners, um, you, if you want to recommend anything for our show, if you'd like to be on the show, you can always email us at info at Skeptic Psychic. Also, you can reach us at our website, skepticpsychic.com. And we can continue this discussion in our Facebook group, Skeptic Psychic. Let us know what you think about Emmyville. And Rate us on Apple or Audible or Spotify, wherever we're at, you can find us. We do like five stars, but we'll take whatever you can give us. You can learn from the good as you can from the bad. And we do read our reviews and comments on air. So, yeah, that's where basically you can find us. Right. And thanks again, uh, Rebecca and Pat. We do appreciate you coming on here. And uh, we look forward to actually having uh, more conversations with you. Yeah, we yeah, do too. Good. It was uh, great. Thank great. you. Yes. Good night, everybody. Sweet dreams. And unpleasant nightmares. Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> good night. Bye.